Hey everybody, I'm Jody Vance. And I'm George Affleck. And it's time for... Fun's fun. Oh my God, I got so much. I'm still sick. Uh, you'll, I may have to break for a cough, but uh, wow, when we said we canceled last week because I was sick, the amount of people DMing me saying, oh, poor George. <laughs> well, they're oh. not wrong. It's poor George. <laughs> poor George. Uh, we did try, but I just was a mess. It, I must say, it, was, it would have not been arable. <laughs> so <laughs> we decided to back out of it. But anyways, we're back. We're back. We're back. And speaking of your health, Let's talk about healthcare. Ah, good one. Nice. Nice. You. Federal <laughs> government talking to the premiers, big sums of yeah. money, but enough. Billions and billions of dollars. Uh, I saw uh, Keith Baldry last night on Global saying it's about eight days of healthcare in BC, like the amount of money that we're getting. It kind of puts it into perspective. Um, on the one hand, okay, it's like billions of dollars, but hey, it only covers eight, eight days. And of course, that's not necessarily the way you should look at it. You should look about, okay, we're getting this money. What are we going to use it for? How do we, you know, marketing to get doctors or, you know, or, you know, changing the way we do our healthcare? How do we become more efficient? I don't know, whatever it is that you'd hope that the provincial government, this would alleviate some of the stress, but also they really need to start thinking about how we do things differently. Yeah, you know what? The the narrative that I keep hearing, George, over and over and over and listening to the experts and following physicians and and really trying to figure out what's broken because there's so much plugging holes in the dam right now mm-hmm. and, and it's not working. And if you ask physicians, they will tell you the redundancy in the administrative work and the paperwork and the duplicity, the, 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 the needless old school archaic systems that are in place that yeah. require hours upon hours upon hours of physicians sitting in front of piles of paper for the yeah. sake of what? But that's just it. Like, really, they say, if we could just streamline this, not require that old way of doing things, I could see many more patients per day. That's one way of fixing things. The injection of cash is pretty obvious. We need to hire more people and pay pay the people. Mm -hmm. The the deal that was made with physicians, I think, will help immensely. Mm -hmm. Whenever you speak with a doctor um, or a nurse, for that matter, anybody in the healthcare uh, lane, uh, they will tell you that that's a good move in the right direction. And and like, you were saying here it is something it's a big sum of money is it going to fix everything nope and what the prime minister keeps saying to the premiers from what i see at the press briefings and i'm certainly no insider when it comes to this is you need to show me how you're going to do it better as opposed to just layering on another layer of butter on the piece of bread and asking why you keep getting fat like or or worse, put it into general revenue and let it disappear into your into your operating expenses overall, which is kind of what I've heard of, you know, some premiers that there's concern that that might happen in certain right. provinces. So there's a request. I don't know if it's mandated, but I, I as a taxpayer, I want to see a. I always prefer uh, transparency in taxation if you can, whenever you can. So a dollar yeah. goes to this, a dollar goes to that. Um, that's why you're paying ten dollars. You know, so I want to know where my dollars are going, and so we'll see. But you know, there can't be, besides, you know, housing and, and uh, we've got the three main issues in not only in BC, but everywhere. It's housing, uh, you know, mental health care, and then healthcare in general. So it's, uh, you know, how do we, how do we deal with all three of those at the same time? We have to, but, you know, yeah. we all require I also, a lot more. I find it, we do. And I think, I find it exhausting, really, that there's, there's never movement on trying to do better 
because we're so busy arguing that it's this is all we have and on the other side it's grossly too little and so nothing happens right yeah. it, it like let's hope that at some point here let's hope that the the silver lining in what we have all experienced these last three years is that we start to address some of the incredible shortcomings in how we care particularly for our elders right i mean you mm -hmm. and i well i shouldn't say you're healthy right now because you're really you know man cold but in all seriousness like i, I cannot imagine being somebody who's living you know maybe just barely above the poverty line who might be in failing health who cannot mm -hmm. find a physician therefore they are having chronic illness get exponentially worse and then can't access treatment for that even in a system that won't you know bankrupt them completely but access yep. to care we have to start there like let's find a way i'm i'm much smarter people than i can figure out how to do that i think we need to start listening to the people who are screaming it from the top of the mountains because they are saying it the politicians mm -hmm. are so busy fighting amongst themselves on this one it drives me a little bit bonkers so you know I personally live my life in a way that I would happily give more of what I have in order for somebody with less to access healthcare. Yeah. That's what that's how it works for most Canadians, right? But if it's just all willy-nilly, you know, I don't want any more private jets and, you know, high-end dinners being had in the name of talking about how we're going to fix it. Let's just let's just get to fixing it, right? Yeah, hundred percent. And the, the challenge, of course, is uh, simultaneously. You know, when we were going into COVID, there was you know the, we were cash rich. You know, as far as we weren't at, uh, seeing multi, you know massive inflation and interest rates right. going to eight, ten, twenty, twelve percent or whatever they are now at banks um, for a basic line of credit. So you know, and, and it, it, the more we have the government uses, and the more they have to tax, it's another inflationary problem. So these are you're right. There's only so much money that we, you and me, and everybody else can give to the, to make this problem solve, uh, be solved. But in fact, it's always challenging. Of course, the government can go into debt and pay it in the future. And for years, they were quite frugal. Which, as you know, my belief is when times are good, be frugal as government as much as you can, uh, because when times get tough, then you you invest into the infrastructure and into all sorts of things so that because you have or in stabilizing the economy like we saw in that, 2008, result, 2009 right like that, absolutely. That, for as, people who don't understand the level of what you're saying here we we navigated as a country quite well through that we navigated as a country quite well through covid because of exactly what you said but then it gets yeah. a little you know when you're talking about what our healthcare system looks like and then people go well we're giving all this money away to ukraine or we're giving all this money away to da 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 we're sending the money to Turkey. You know what? We still have to do that. You have to be a good global citizen yeah. at the same time as as managing your systems within the country. And you've taught me that as well. Like you can't, it's not it's and tough. or, it's and and. and yeah. I know. And you know, we're, we're an affluent country. Um, we have growth. Um, there's no sign that Canada is going to reverse that. Uh, it's not unstable. Um, uh, so, you know, consistency and growth is something that you can bank on literally. So, I, I, but it, it is scary for all of us. I mean, I think we're all in the same boat, uh, you know, right now with, when you go and buy a, you know, a thing of butter or an egg, oh my gosh, gone up by three times in the past year. And of course yeah. there's all this $9 butter. We're, yeah. That we're being, you know, taken advantage of by retailers, but it's inflation. And sometimes some things get really, it's craziness, but you know, it usually we could, we could talk about itself. we could talk about the dairy lobby though, because you saw that farmer that was dumping out his thirty thousand 
liters of milk because he's not allowed to even give it away to the food banks. Like, I think there's a, there's a bigger conversation mm. to be had around that. He kind of broke down the fourth wall. You're not supposed to be able, you're not supposed to be doing that. But we'll get well, into those. cooperative uh, socialistic principles like that. Uh, <laughs> when you have cartels, I'm not saying the milk industry is cartel, but when you have an alignment of industries who decide on pricing um, right. as an industry, uh, which many uh, of the industries that we have in this country as far as foodstuffs, uh, yeah. whether it be flowers and eggs and milk, have a, a process they follow together. Gas also, you know, yeah. all the prices go up at the same time. Wow, how's that? Weird. Wow. How did that? Hmm. Are they psychic? Yeah. Hmm. Sylvain Charlebois is a great resource for that. I love uh, speaking uh, with him about yeah. such things. But I'm, I'm sorry, I pivoted there and I shouldn't have. Yeah. Okay. Let's bring it from. I'm um, sick. It's it's easy for you to get. Okay. You know, I'm not. I can I can roll you right can over. Take you. me wherever you want because I'm totally. <laughs> well, speaking of cool. of unwell, speaking of unwell, and I just want to mention this because a no shout segue. out. Unspun, nice. you're, you're all uh, over the segues today. I am today. Unspun um, uh, thoughts going out to NDP uh, Minister uh, Selena Robinson, who announced this week yeah. that her cancer has returned. Um, she's sticking with her post. She's going to continue as the Minister of Post-Secondary post Education, such a beloved uh, member of our government here. And the outpouring um, for Selena Robinson was really quite something. There's really not much more to say on this other than the fact that it's it's one thing when you watch politics fall away when when somebody, you know, has a real struggle, as we saw uh, with Premier, former Premier John Horgan in his and others. We've seen, you know, others go through um, health issues and struggles. And, and mm -hmm. we're just thinking of, of Selena Robinson as she goes through this. Um, when it comes to provincial politics, meeting municipal politics, we have kind of a of an overlap. Tell the yes. story of Kareem Alam. Well, Kareem Alam is the uh, new was the newly minted or still is the newly new minted of uh, chief of staff for the mayor of Vancouver, Ken Zim. He was his campaign manager. He was also Kevin Falcon's campaign manager. Uh, so he's a, you know, he's got a, he's on a level right now. He's on a, a role as a campaign track manager. Record. Yeah. Tra track record. He's also a consultant, you know, was a consultant, had to work for the agency uh, as a comms consultant, communications consultant, strategist, that kind of stuff. So uh, two months into the real well, four, I guess, depends on where you count, where you start counting. Um, then top 50, I saw that they were, we'll talk about this later, but then Vancouver um, uh, magazine, uh, you know, they talk about uh, where, where is it, where does the hundred days begin? I think it was, uh, no, it was actually Ken Sim at the board of trade. He said, they That's introduced him hundred days, a hundred days in. And he's like, I, I've been, what? I wonder the hundred days, they counted from the day he got elected. So, you know, he didn't really start till November-ish. Anyway, November yeah. yeah, we're four months in uh, and his chief of staff, pretty crucial position because it's that chief of staff's job is to kind of acts as a bit of a whip for, you know, whip is a person who controls the caucus and keeps everybody in line and make sure that uh, the party, if it's a party system, which it is in Vancouver, uh, that they stay focused and on track. Um, and on message. On message that they don't stray, that there's a controlled situation here and the policies and stuff they develop is all together as a team. Uh, yeah. When you lose that person, it becomes a, a bit of a challenge. Um, so anyways, he said he's leaving um, I don't get the sense that it's something that's happening internally. I think it's a sign that 
they are that Kevin Falcon's probably ramping up for a snap election from EB. I, I don't, you know, and it's it's you know, which is means we're going to be in election mode. I I think it's going to be a tough ride for Falcon. I mean, EB is riding that centrist, that mushy middle, as we always talk about. Um, yeah. People expected EB. him to be way farther left, yeah, way farther with yeah, his history. Yeah. And and you know what, George, it's interesting because in having uh, Premier EB on our show on Steel and Vance. We had a, like at length conversations about exactly this, and he, in no uncertain terms, said, "Not happening." Oh, come so on, it'll be yeah. interesting. Yeah, but it'll be interesting if there is one. Suddenly, how our little clip of him saying that will come oh. back to haunt him hard because it's oh, like it won't. But I'm sorry, not, you're not no offense to your show, but it happens every single time. We're going to use it. I know, but th but that therein lies the reason why people have such distrust. You know, because if if the if the if the chess game is already being set up yeah. behind the scenes in this moment, you know, don't say know, you, absolutely not. Horgan did that. No. You can just say mm, not at this time, right? Horgan did that. Oh, for do sure. It, doing for during sure. the pandemic, he looked and at his he numbers. Wore and he wore it. He wore it. But he also totally destroyed the BC Liberals. He, yeah. he took that campaign, and he because they yeah. do the data. They they've done this I'm research. The middle. I'm the I know, well, and so, I and am so fighting they, for they've the done middle. Their research, they weigh the odds. They go, okay, there's the baggage that you will prove that he said he wouldn't do it, but there's the data that shows we're going to kill it if we do an election. Yeah. Now, if we wait six months, something might happen that will make EB look bad, and people won't want to vote for him. Then, when do we call? When do we give EB his four-year mandate? We need it, and now we're you know, that, how many years in? Two years in? Might that be why? The NDP, the provincial government decided to kick the decision about the Surrey police versus the Surrey RCMP decision down the road because they would wear that and you need to win Surrey in order to win the premier's office, right? Uh, yeah, and Vancouver, but yeah, in Vancouver is pretty left wing, a few, few ridings that are um, BC liberal. Um, yeah, I would say the valley is where, where they win for sure. Uh, they don't valley. get the north, that's for sure. <laughs> So right. or the, in, in the center, in a, they're all over the map, but basically. Um, yeah, they're not winning out, Kamloops in Kelowna. Yeah, or, you know, some, and then the Kootenays is kind of split. And so it's, yeah. I just think that they look at their numbers and, you know, they get the entire island. Um, so, uh, and Kevin Falcon needs his team in place to, you know, to put that in place. So Kareem Alam's role likely will be campaign manager. So he needs to be ready to roll. He needs to start, he needs to start building the team. You, of course, you know, there's, there's in politics, there's, there's a, you know, there, I think I just saw a press release that came out about the board of directors for the BC Liberals. And I was like, okay, well, and I'm thinking, well, those aren't, okay, who are those people, you know? And then I thought, but there's an, a second board of directors, right? There's the campaign mm. team, whole different machine. Um, this guy, these guys over here do not run, are not supposed to be running a campaign. Um, and I think in the last election, that's what did happen. The, the staff people uh, became kind of the campaign people, which um as a result you get what you got um yeah so this time i think kevin falcon's building his machine behind the scenes completely separate to uh to what's you know the board of directors of the liberals which is standard procedure in politics so we'll see i mean if kareem can you know pull together a great team um he's already got all the people he needs to, he's done it twice it's just about you know tapping them and then they find the candidates i know they're already kind of ramping up in certain uh ridings uh to find people to start working the neighborhood so they're 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 you can tell that and I, I you know you can tell that they're planning for it that this is going to happen sooner than later and i'd put money on that speaking of uh 
having all the connections, I got a really random email that I never signed up for that kind of feels like maybe the former mayor of Vancouver oh, bor borrowed yeah. a database. I was like, I did not yeah. sign up for this. Funny, I didn't promotion. get it. That'd be your book that, that is all about the answer of decriminalization. I was like, oh God, okay. So let me get this straight. Private citizen Kennedy Stewart sent you an email that you did not opt in for. That is uh, contravenes the Castle regulations and it's considered spam and there's a $10,000 fine per instance uh, that you can submit to Castle if you'd like. And uh, Really? Uh, yeah, $10,000 per incident. Uh, uh, because he's not a politician anymore. Politicians can get away with it a bit more, but he's a private citizen spamming people. Um, right. Although it came from the organization, I guess, didn't it? Who did it come from? Yeah, it came from Forward. Oh, Forward Vancouver. Whatever. You know what? I'd have to go back and look. I'll update you next Thursday. I'll look it up. I'll look it yeah. up. We'll update it on the next. But all I know they're still, is they're I still win. they're uh, still bound. Uh -huh. They're still bound by association rules, and they're not allowed to do that. But you know, steal lists. Anyways, so you got your email, and they're back. So he's mm -hmm. running for mayor again. No, he's selling his book ah. uh, about decriminalization because he solved the problem. Um, speaking of problems, segue. Uh, Cor Coro Mandel, I've never heard of Coro Mandel properties, but I'm not big into the developers in, in the city, but I, I was piqued by the headline that rolled by about, um, uh, one Vancouver developer, big one too, uh, uh, looking for cover, looking for filing for insolvency, uh, with $700 million in debt on the properties, mostly on the Canby corridor and how this might impact the people that have purchased those from that, this developer, like Resolve. what's the recourse mm -hmm. if they go insolvent, right? And the other being the reason that they are flagging this is because it is just untenable to try and get permits in the city. And then I looked mm -hmm. a little closer. I'm like, oh, look, it's a former Vancouver city councilor. <laughs> Raymond Louie, he's a, I think, mm -hmm. VP there. Uh, or P, I don't know for sure. I forget what his title is. Or he went. That's where he went after he left office. Not that this has anything to do with his role there. No, um, but no, no. I think it's, I just it's, noticed his name. I yeah, don't, yeah, Again, I, don't, I know very little about this. I'm just glad I, I mean, don't own a place built by a, a developer that's going. The only thing that I would say to connect Raymond Louis and and that comment about bureaucracy is uh, Raymond Louis <laughs> Vision Vancouver is one of the reasons there's so much bureaucracy. <laughs> there's so yeah. many red tapes and so many things and boxes to tick so okay um but it is a real concern this is um the kind of stuff we saw you know happening in the late 90s uh we saw a little Ooh. bit of it that we were saved yeah. but we saw some big ones in, in the 2008 recession obviously olympic village being the biggest one that the city then had to take responsibility for because they were on the line for ownership of that um you know what we had we were we were we were in vancouver we were somewhat um uh, we didn't actually get affected by that massive crash in 2008 as much as other cities in Canada and certainly in America right. because of the Olympics. We were it helped us continue to keep building uh, through that because there was this huge investment into the city. Um, but what what did happen, and what, this is always the biggest concern about recessions. It's that's a terrible news that this you know nobody likes to see businesses you know struggle because no. they no. Pay, pay people and all that stuff. But what what it's it's a bigger issue is what happens is it uh and is happening and i know this from you know that you talk to other communities is that applications for permits is, is decreased like a significant amount they're looking at a huge drop which is not only and i talked about this before revenue for cities declined significantly so 
yeah. CACs, community of entity contributions, or whatever they call it in, in the town you're in, the money that comes from development. Um, but also, uh, developers, because they're like, okay, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to build. I'm just going to hold off on that development I was going to do for a couple of years. So then the market comes back, as it always does. And then suddenly you've got now a, a delay, and they all want to get back into it. But then you have this... <laughs> That's this is why this is such a why federal investment into housing when a recession is happening to start building, um, because yeah. when the market comes back now there's a backlog there's a people the developers haven't built and they're way behind now and so then you have demand a flood a yeah flood of desire to purchase and so the prices yeah. skyrocket and so you have this vicious circle and so in order and for holding you, holding property it was was part of that article was the toughest part. You can't yeah. sit on a property for three, four, no. five, six you years. Pay interest on, paying the pay. paying the interest, paying yeah. the property tax, paying the everything, like everything. There's no money coming as in. So they're and highest and best use, and it's still sitting there empty. And yeah, yeah holy moly, uh, a, yeah, it's a, it's there's a lot of deep pockets to pull that off. And if nobody wants to buy it, you're really messed. That's kind of where they're at. And I'm then sure you have to tried. make that money back when you do sell. You yeah. have to. Get yeah. get back what you've sat on for for so long to make your profit because yeah. like you you've often said, you know developers aren't evil but they are in the business to make money, yeah. right? So, so there's a, there's that. Let's, I know. So it's a buyer's market. Put, if you if you got cash and you want to buy, right. now is the time because I think there's a lot of uh, availability out there that is false availability. I think because yeah. you will see this um, massive demand again because people are just sitting on. Their property or yeah. they're just not buying but we have five hundred thousand people moving to canada every year right now through our immigration policies so mm -hmm. uh they gotta live somewhere and a lot of them want to live here so immigration and migration to british columbia to the lower mainland will continue to be 20 to twenty-five thousand or more or forty thousand per year yeah. as it has been forever um and they live somewhere so right they now the federal somewhere. government should be tripling down on building and as fast as possible uh okay. housing for anybody so that at, at, when the market comes back, those housing for those people who are the most vulnerable and least able to purchase still have homes. Yeah. Let's make some homes that are a throwback to where we all rented when we were, you know, young and, you know, tying together uh, a shoestring budget and, you know, the yeah. old parquet floor and the avocado colored toilet and sink and, or the pink bathroom and the, the crappy little kitchen that just enough to, to make a meal in it. Nobody's entertaining. And, you know, I loved my crappy little 400 square foot Kitsilano uh, first ever place that I lived by myself with my Ikea furniture from my family home in Tawasset, you know, but it was 400 bucks a month, which, yeah. you know, granted that was more than half of what I would make in my month of working as a waitress, right. At the time, you know, mm -hmm. but now the the ratio of of income to cost in that same space is i mean I, there's oh. no way i'd have to yeah. live i'd have to live in merit uh you know with all due respect to merit i don't don't give me don't send me mail you do have your merit. you can live okay. in Kamloops or outside of Kamloops I could, also i could live in Kamloops i could live in Kamloops i could it's beautiful up there hey let's talk about getting to downtown vancouver a uh, mm -hmm. big announcement from city hall from ken sim on uh what it will look like on the granville street bridge Oh yeah, right by my house, uh, and you know it's there was a process that was approved when I was there, and this, the, the, there was a concept of this, this there would be a sidewalk and bike lane in the middle of Granville Street Bridge. If anybody knows Vancouver, the Granville Street Bridge was built in the fifties as a, basically a highway bridge. Obviously, that never happened, um, and so it's 
you know, it's four lanes on each side. It's like eight lane road into the city that you can't actually. It's just, it funnels down lanes. into nothing on yeah, both ends. It's a two like lanes. It's, yeah, it's yeah. crazy. One lane almost. Uh, so, yeah. anyways, the last council decided that they were afraid to approve that final process because it would have been cool. There would have been the plan was to build a bridge and or a elevator down to Granville Island at the center. Yeah, it would have been really cool, and it would have been raised so you would have had a view and, and you would have been safe up there, way off the way. Anyways, this last council because they're a weak bunch of whiners and crap they just didn't go forward they didn't have the guts to do it uh like, oh yeah because people were like you can't do it bike lanes me um and uh that so wasn't me by the way that's the one place that I was, was like, the one sure, i was always whenever i was in council of all the bridges of all the why bridges, not that one can of we all start with granville street please can we start with granville street please yeah exactly anyway so um as a result the bike lanes are all on the, on the sides but the key part of this thing and the biggest funding opportunity uh, is the loops if you come off the bridge downtown there's two loops one to get on one to get off like a highway loop it's really weird and dumb and they're falling apart it takes a lot of so, space yeah. yeah and so and and i think it was 1992 uh, around there the other side of the bridge we did this we actually got rid there, there was loops on that side there still is one left we got rid of them and uh and as a result we put a park in there with some tennis courts and we developed about four or six six pieces of property and so that paid for the whole uh development process for those uh those that's bedrooms. the key yeah, that's the key. So this, so this was free up to the way it was proved approved when I was there. We approved two massive towers and two smaller towers. The two smaller towers would be required to be social housing. The two massive mm -hmm. towers would be strata. But also, and I hope this council doesn't change this. It would be leasehold, not sale. It's crucial that the city keep ownership of land that they have in these key areas of the city. Right. For like right. Those 99 year leases. It provides future councils, even though we're long dead, but in a hundred years, you can go, okay, you're gone. We own our land back. Um, yeah. It's a way better model for the city. Uh, and it doesn't, and, and, and the properties are cheaper to buy because people yeah. don't want to pay as, as much a result. For land lease. Yeah. Well, like false Creek and down by Granville Island, those yeah, leases and a lot, are getting and a very, lot close, of buildings very close. They're 33 and, years left. There's exactly. a lot there. Yeah. Even those places you live in kits and the ones in the West end, these, these towers in the West end, a lot of them are on leasehold and yeah. uh, the city land. Um, and, and they, they're way cheaper because of yeah, it. Yeah, Way cheaper. You know what? We're running short on time and long on subject matter. I want to make sure we get to comment a little bit on the power 50. Uh, that's important, but first Stanley park, I'm getting emails from the <laughs> save the park, rip it out. Why is it taking so damn long to take out a bike lane that went yeah. in overnight on Stanley park drive. And then I, that's from the save Stanley park folk. And then you got the love the lane that came today with like the, the information is in and we need a bike lane in Stanley park. And the, I mean, the, the back and forth is really something. I think it's fair to say, George, that everybody agrees that a bike lane on Stanley park drive would be great. Not at mm -hmm. the expense of one of the lanes that really does create a safe space within that park. We can go back to the way it was and then consult on how to do it next. And properly design it. There are a million different ways. I'm not an engineer. Clearly, whoever did that was not an engineer. <laughs> they just got a bunch no. of cones and plopped them on the street. There, I know there exactly There's design who did that. principles. There are ways to do, you know, passing lanes. There's a better way to do it. And I think that this process, yeah. I hope... Uh, and they're doing a press conference uh, this afternoon, I believe, to walk people through this. What a concept, you know, transparency. Oh, concept. my God. Like, here's the process. It's so refreshing. Get engaged. It takes longer. But guess what? When you make a big decision that's going to cost millions yeah. and millions of dollars, please, can you have a process in place? Thank you. Yeah. I'd like to know how much it costs to install all that that's costing such a fortune to take out that we can't afford to take it out. It's so <laughs> shady. It's Power yeah. 50. Uh, yes. The one thing I want to say about the power, actually two things, because there are two on the power 50 
that aren't people. I mean, there aren't, <laughs> they're, 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 like number one is the climate crisis and another one is yeah. the people. It's like, what, what? what? It's weird. I, I just I feel it. like, I don't know what that, I mean, what readership they're going for maybe, uh, but that is the wokest of woke, I would say, uh, as far as decision-making on a power 50. Come on, I want to know who the power people are. People, humans, yeah. and not all humans. Because no, I I did from... looking at the list. I I always find people and I find their stories and I yeah I'm like oh I didn't know about that but yeah that makes sense and this this yeah. year I just I don't know and the P and I it's know. I like the Vancouver as opposed to the business one which they do a similar one for BC business but it's more business right. people. This is people yeah. who are making a difference in different ways. Like Sarah Sarah Blythe was in there again this year, for example. She was. I don't think she was in yeah. last year, but she wasn't the year before because um, yeah. she's doing something on the downtown east side. You know, saving lives literally every day. Like. You Every know, day she's built the whole on the mar- ground. You know, may or may not support what she the way she's done it, but you know, she literally, literally is saving lives. And yeah. uh, you she's know, she's not screaming from her armchair, she's actually doing the thing. Yeah, that's she's a powerful. woman of distinction as well. I, I was one of right. the people who put her forward with a nomination for that. And yeah. like you said, do I agree with everything she does and says? No, but do I think, wow, she's doing something that I am not prepared to do, which is yeah. to spend my days and nights downtown east side trying to save even mm-hmm. one person from dying when there are six people a day dying in British that's Columbia. That's, it's a lot. It's that's a powerful. Lot. So yeah. more of that, please, Van Mag. Less of the generic, whatever, politically motivated, I don't know what, you know, whatever. The people. Cool. They lost me at the people because I'm like, oh, I'm on the Power 50. Yeah, I'm <laughs> congratulations, Jody. I'm the, I'm, thank hey, you. Jody, I'm also on the Power 50. We did it. Congratulations. Can I get a cover made with my picture on it? I think so. We should. I think so. You and I, I should so. do that. Unspun. We should mix it to the power of 50. Put it pe- up there, George. We're the people. We're people. Uh, you can follow us. Speaking of which, nice segue at Unspun Podcast on Twitter at George underscore. Affleck. I am at Jody Vance, Jody with a Y at Jody Vance. You can uh, get to unspunpodcast.com and just hit the subscribe button. Basically, all we do is make sure this hits your inbox as soon as it's edited by George Affleck, the wonderful George Affleck at Curve Communications. If you want anything to do with marketing, yeah, hit up your buddy George at Curve, sponsored by Curve Communications. <laughs> nice. See you next week. Bye, George. Bye. By George, I think we've got it. <laughs>